This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Magpies Unrestricted. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to Magpies Unrestricted, where we'll be talking all things Newcastle United. I'm your host Chris Simpson and joining me as always is Gareth Thistlethwaite. Hello. And we're joining you after Newcastle's one-all draw at Brighton. Another winless game for the Magpies, not too unexpected considering our record against the Seagulls. And, I mean, not a, not a great game, it must be said. <laughs> no, I mean, it got interesting towards the end and we'll get to it, but... I mean... It was a fair decision um, for the penalty within the 24th minute that led to a Trossard penalty. To be honest, I felt Brighton probably should have been about 1-0 up already before that point. Um, so, you know, Newcastle had done well to keep a clean sheet until then. Just a bit frustrating. It was a reckless challenge, really. Wasn't much in it. And he did take another step. So I think that could have gone either way. The fact that it took them what felt like a decade to figure out, was it clear and obvious? The answer is no. I think that's what made it so frustrating for me was, as you say, in the cold light of day, it's probably the right decision. Clark does go in. As you say, it's not like he flies into him, but he certainly it's a bit reckless. Yeah, but anywhere else on the pitch, and that doesn't even get, yeah. even get an advantage. Then, it, it, yeah, Trossard, he, sort of, he basically he takes an extra step after Clark touches him, realises that there was contact and goes, oh, I can go down here and get a penalty. And that's that's what he does. And that always makes it a bit more frustrating for me, even if Clark maybe shouldn't have gone in quite the way he did. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to sit on the fence. I, just, I, don't, I think it was a weak-ass penalty and I don't think it should have been given. Um, I mean, yes, the ever-so-slight brushing of a <laughs> thigh on thigh. Um, <laughs> but yeah. It's hot in here, isn't it? I know, yeah. Ooh, okay, Clark. <laughs> Um, sorry, that was sarcasm. Um, good looking boy. I mean, in, in compared to what the rest of the Newcastle team, yes, because the Newcastle team genuinely, how is there even a calendar of them? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't think they quite go for the like fireman calendar vibe with football calendars. But. I know, but like again, <laughs> who would buy a Newcastle calendar if they're not even that attractive? <laughs> Right in, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Answers on a postcard. But yeah, I mean, rightly or wrongly on, on the penalty, I think Brighton did deserve to go ahead. We were really poor, I thought, in the first half. Just the, the, the game plan, such as it was, just completely sitting back and let, letting Brighton play. Look, I, I know, obviously, we were away from home. I know Brighton are a good ball-playing side. They are good in possession. They were always going to have most of the ball, but to yeah, not but put just, them under any pressure, to not try and it's press It's just that them. first half. I don't even think you had any players who ever came out of your half apart from Wilson. And even then, he was still basically on the edge of our final third yeah, for most which, of which the just first seemed, half. Which just seemed pointless because we know that Newcastle cannot defend very well anyway. And you're going to give them all the time in the world. They're going to find a way through. Yeah. And it was... It was pressured for that whole first half obviously in the second half that did kind of change with people pulling you know pulling forward a little bit there was some 
good passing, but just wasn't enough to really get anything. I mean, this the 66th minute, Isaac Hayden, again, it was a really, really good um, shot. It was good. Yeah, it was a good finish. Yeah, it, it, was, it was deserved. And at that point, you know, probably fair enough that it was one all. But then the rest of the game was pretty much all Newcastle and they did naff all with it. It was really, really frustrating. Callum got... Well, Callum, as I know him. Callum Wilson got... First name in terms with him. I'm just used to it. <laughs> um, Callum Wilson was clean through, got fouled, an obvious foul, red carded. Everyone's favourite moment of the game because a keeper's gone off and then an outfield player has to go and goal and it was a free kick and it was always something yeah, that fans love yeah, to see. Not the most amazing of positions, but it still was a good enough position that you could have a shot. And what do Newcastle do? And I say Newcastle. What does Shelby do? <laughs> the worst bloody chip into the box I've ever seen. Not even at goal. Shoot. Just shoot. shoot. <laughs> like a bit of panic. Dunk isn't going to do very well. He's probably, you know, to be honest, I'm surprised Dunk didn't run out and head it because it was that <laughs> poor of a bloody cross. Yeah, honestly, oh, oh my God, I was shouting at the TV, like, when an outfield player goes in goal, everyone knows you shoot on sight. You just shoot. You just have And to a have a free kick, as you said, even in not the best position in the world, still perfectly Engage. capable of getting a shot on target that Dunk then has to deal with. And he's not, you know, any outfield player who goes in goal, the last thing they want to deal with is a shot on target, even one that's straight at them. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what we, thought process happened there because I don't think there was any. But if nothing else, it's indicative of how Newcastle have played. It's indicative of the confidence of the team, a.k.a. none. There is none. Yeah, I mean... But, like, it doesn't take... We played the whole final shoot. five minutes, even after the free kick. We still didn't have a shot. There were we other, didn't manage it. There was no, there was no urgency. There was so, there was times when it was like, why didn't why didn't you shoot? But why didn't you shoot? And yeah, yeah, Newcastle are up, but it's still, do you know what I mean? Like this, this is this is a Premiership side. You know, they are professional athletes at the end of the day, even though they don't really look like it at the moment. <laughs> but they are professional athletes, and even in lower, always Sunday teams, you've got to have a bit of mental strength and just go. Well, I just got to have a go at it. You can't go the whole match. Why are you just passing it about, doing nothing? You've got to have some form of resilience just to go out in there and do it. I mean, how many times did Southampton get pumped 9-0 and they still come back and do it? Like, yeah. it's, it's just not a good enough excuse anymore. Um, I think what what was also really frustrating for me, and I mean, look, at the end of the day, we didn't capitalise on the situation. As I say, we didn't even have a shot afterwards, which is, is shocking. But I think what's also like really quite frustrating for me was, you know, Sanchez fouls Wilson outside the area. Obviously, then red card for dying a goal scoring opportunity and a free kick. That obviously is what has to happen. But it's just so frustrating that because Wilson was past Sanchez, he'd rounded him and he had an open goal. So at that point, you're looking at a like ninety five percent chance of a goal. Unless Callum Wilson's going to end up on one of those like videos that they used to have in the nineties, like football funny fail videos. You know what I mean? It's like it would have been that bad if he'd have missed it from there. It was literally an open goal. So we've gone from all, virtually a certain goal to then nothing. Shelby. Now, yes, yeah, <laughs> I mean obviously, yeah, Shelby should have shot, and we should have tried harder to you know actually just get a shot on goal. But it's just like. It's just that frustrating thing where obviously the referee did everything correctly, but 
it still sort of feels like yeah, we didn't had, get the justice they had to go and, because we were denied that goal. They had to go and look at VAR for that. I mean, and it yeah, took, it was it poor. Took, the referee did actually miss it initially, and it was only several minutes later when he when he went back. Yeah, but that but that was again that's that's stupid. I mean, it was, yeah, it was why, why would why would a striker? I know there's going to be some. But why would a striker? When they're literally the last person they have to beat is the goalkeeper who has run at them out of the box. Why would a striker go down for no reason? You don't. You just you know, if even if they're close to you, you keep going and you shoot because you you ninety five percent at least. I'm not even doing the fucking maths of it really, but you're gonna get a goal. Yeah, yeah. The likelihood of you getting a goal is much bigger. So why would you go down? You wouldn't. Even compared to a penalty, let alone a free yeah. kick. Or so so if if you've gone down. There's been contact, and it was clear there was some form of contact there. Like, why did it take so long to look at it? This is one. Of, this is the thing. Like, I don't. I don't have a problem with the technology of VAR. What I have a problem with is how, how football puts it into practice because it's atrocious. Mm. It just really is bad. Um, that should have been one where you stop the clock. The ref asks, "Is there anything in here that I need to have a look at?" Is there a reason why I, I shouldn't have awarded mm. a, a free kick here? And if there isn't a reason, or if nothing seems in the first couple of minutes, right, right, then it's a free kick. And it's the same with the other ones. It's just have a look how rugby have done it for years, <laughs> years and years longer, yeah. and go, oh, rugby do it this way, and they haven't had an issue because it is all on the ref. And if there is, if there is an issue that VAR sees or the, the video referee sees that the ref hasn't seen, they communicate it down and there is a full-blown conversation. Yes, I understand why you can't hear referees' conversations in football because of the, the, the swearing. I, I understand that. However, it should be something that everyone can see. Yeah. And it should be, you know, the ref should be able to go, um, right, is there a reason why I shouldn't award this this goal? Is there a reason why I, 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 sh- I, should give, um, I shouldn't give offside here? They're the ones who should be putting those questions forward. And also, this whole extra time thing, just just on another thing, it just drives me mad. Stop the clock. Why add extra time on? Just stop the clock and then start it again. And then guess what? When you get to 90 minutes, you've done 90 minutes. And there's no reason for you to add extra time on. Is it just to give that guy a job? <laughs> Is it literally just, just to get that old man to lift his arms up a little bit? And he puts it back down. Come on. You don't just stop the clock. Why, why are we adding time on like jumps? You just guess the mate in. And it ends Fergie time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, ultimately at the end of the day, this all means that Newcastle are now winless in 11 games at the start of the season. Uh, that's the worst start to a league campaign in our history now. We, we, we were joint at 10 with two other campaigns. This one now has the honour of being the worst. Um, to put this in perspective as well, from this position, only three sides have actually stayed up in the Premier League and the last four who have been in this position have all been relegated. So it's not looking great, especially since Norwich obviously won and Burnley got that surprise draw against Chelsea. Now five points from safety and rolling off the bottom now. Thanks to goal difference, just because Norwich's is really bad. I mean, ours ours is bad. Norwich's is shocking. But... Yeah, it's been net zero because it's been draws for most of it. <laughs> no, it will be negative. Oh, I think I think I think we're well, on minus I was, twelve. I was being um, nice. <laughs> what I'm trying to say basically is that Eddie Howe 
has a big job on his hands. Yeah. Also, what I'm trying to say is we probably won't be doing this podcast next year because there won't be any of Premier League. <laughs> we'll still do it, but we just definitely won't be able to see them. <laughs> Actually, to be honest, we're usually on telly more when we're in the championship, to be honest. Um, Sorry, yes. Anyway, anyhow. <laughs> yeah, obviously, he's now been confirmed as the new manager. He was, of course, sat in the stands with Amanda Staveley watching the draw against Brighton. I'll be honest, I'm surprised that didn't make him change his mind because he wasn't officially uh, announced by then. I saw him shaking his head a lot. <laughs> Probably put his head, had his hands crying. <laughs> going, bloody hell. What have I done? Yeah, God. But, I mean, <laughs> the listeners, obviously, this is why we didn't want to spend too long last week debating, say, Unai Emery, who, of course... He looks like he was on the verge of it before that fell through. This is why we wait for things to get confirmed, basically. And we know now Eddie Howe is in charge. I mean, what's the plan? Because I'm not going to say that Howe and Emery sit on the same type of side of football, on this, <laughs> the same style. Yeah, I mean... We'll go into the many, many pros of signing Eddie Howe uh, as manager uh, very it, shortly. But, I think it's the better choice, but, personally, for, for, for me yeah, at the moment. It, it, the fact that he's such a different style to Emery, who would have been brought in on the more sort of you know defensive side of things, it, it does sort of make you wonder, do these owners have a coherent plan? They've got all the money in the world to throw at things, but do they actually have a coherent plan? And to be honest... I think what we've actually seen in these early weeks is not really, which I mean, isn't the best sign. No, I, I'd go for how rather than Emery, just not because it means Newcastle will, you know, defend well, because we know we can't do that. But maybe the first thing is to actually get some goals, because it doesn't matter how well you defend at the end of the day. If you can't score, then you're screwed anyway. So it, like, if, if you're going down to the, the pure basics, that's great. Negative is... Do you actually have the players to be able to play possession-based football? Well, yeah. I mean, look, Eddie Howe is this. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I am pleased with his appointment. He's a, he's a good, uh, exciting young manager. He's got experience of keeping teams up when they're in relegation scraps. I mean, he obviously Bournemouth eventually went down, but I mean, he he kept them in the division four times before they finally got relegated. Bournemouth, a tiny. Let's, let's be honest here, a tiny club, tiny stadium. You know, what he did to to get them... I mean, he, of course, he got them up from League One into the Championship and then into the Premier League. Then Kate keeps them in the Premier League, you know, four seasons running before they eventually went down in the fifth. That's a phenomenal achievement. But uh, And, and obviously, the, yeah, the, the fact that he, he does play this sort of attacking, possession-based, you know, often quite attractive football, again, is something that... Myself and obviously a lot of Newcastle fans have been craving after years of Bruce and, and I mean even Rafa, but obviously, it, I, you know I, I find it somewhat unfair to criticise Rafa because at the end of the day he didn't have the tools to do it. Bruce did a bit more with the money that got spent on him, and he sort of did the same thing as Rafa, but significantly worse. Um, yeah, Eddie Howe hopefully can get the team playing that kind of football. He's managed Matt Ritchie, Callum Wilson and Ryan Fraser, of course, with the Cherries. So he's already got a bit of a relationship with a few of the, uh, you know, some of the quite important members of the squad. But yeah, the the, the, the question is, can these players who've spent so long Do playing we, without the ball... Can we just say not playing without the ball? 
I mean, really, that guidelines. <laughs> They've just not done anything. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, some of these players, you look at them when, when on the rare occasions when we have possession, and, and you can tell they don't really want the ball. They're not confident on it. How easily will? Because again, we, you know, we, we've got the better part of two months until new players can come in, and obviously, then even then, they're going to take time to actually bed into the team. Obviously, that'll have to be a pretty quick process, being January, but. With the players he's currently got to work with, how many of them can actually play good attacking possession-based football? Because so many of them just have so little confidence, and in some cases, just ability <laughs> on the ball. Uh, it, it, it's going to be a big challenge for him in the coming weeks. But I have to say, I am quite excited. In some ways, despite you know everything Unai Emery would bring, and obviously you know he's he's won trophies and what have you. Um, He's, he's not necessarily an appointment that would have super excited me, though um, I think the, the the other concern that I have with Eddie Howe is as, as good a job as he did with Bournemouth once they were in the Premier League, they were never particularly defensively sound and we definitely need to improve at the back. I can't really get any worse. <laughs> That's the thing. He's not like going to make you rubbish all of a sudden. That's very that. true. It, it, you know, what, what are you losing? Nothing. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... In a way, Howard's got as much pressure on him as Emery would have. So that's the positive. He can actually work on the basic, basic, blah, basics, I'll get there eventually, without having to rush forward for a result straight away. I'm hoping that these two weeks before, you know, you get back to it, will be enough time to try and create some form of confidence, some form of team feeling ready for the next match. The next match is against Brentford. Tough side. However, if there is some form of organisation, stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good time for him to come in. As you say, he's got a good couple of weeks on the training ground mm. with the players, because let's face it, he'll have the majority of that squad to work with, if not every single one of them. So I wonder how many training sessions would be cancelled at this time. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I can't see him doing a Steve Bruce and pissing no. off on holiday for a week. No. Um, <laughs> Because honestly, that Brentford game, which we'll, we'll preview next week, listeners, with it with it being international break, we'll save the preview for uh, for next time. Yeah, we've got so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what kind of impact he's able to have in that game, and what we'll hopefully be able to at least see the start of some changes and a different philosophy, and hopefully see quite a different Newcastle side in that game. And I think it, I think. From what I can tell in the very, I mean, obviously he's literally only, I think was officially announced on Monday. So, I mean, he's, he's barely got his feet under the table, but uh, the buzz around the club seems to be that he's he's been welcomed in by the players. You know, well, he knows been a positive. already, doesn't he? Yeah. I, I'm hoping that we see a bit more of Ryan Fraser because I do think he's massively underused. I know he had a little bit of injury, but he had so much pace and he's willing to run up players. And he got yeah. a lot of assists at Bournemouth under Howe, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And I mean... I think Wilson and Sam Maxwell need the extra player who's willing to run. And they've just not had it. Mm. Uh, and I think it's been a right shame for Fraser, to be honest, because he's... He's a good player. He is good. To, yeah, I'm not saying he's a goal scorer, but he's somebody who's going to frighten defences and he's somebody who could get a ball into a dangerous area. Not that that helps Newcastle <laughs> very much because there's normally no one bloody there. But, 
you know, it, it's something else that you have in your pocket. Yeah. And hopefully we'll see that. And, and Matt Ritchie might get more of a run out as well because he's not had a huge impact. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, um, you know, I, th- I think it, it could have a really positive effect on the team, uh, you know, comparing him to, to Steve Bruce and, you know, Bit of a bit of a dinosaur. That's the thing. The context here. When you say, "Oh, I'm really <laughs> excited for it," yeah, but what have we had? It's like I've lived. Yeah, but I've <laughs> lived in a rat hole. I'm really excited about living in a pigsty. <laughs> yeah, but that that's harsh because Eddie Howe is genuinely he is, he is, a he good, is. exciting manager. I, I just think, want you to be aware of the context. I think he, <laughs> he, I think he, he is the kind of manager that maybe outside the big six, or maybe even like a Spurs before they got Conte would have actually been quite happy mm-hmm. to to go for because of how good he did at Bournemouth. He's the kind of manager you could have easily seen at an Everton, as said maybe a Spurs pre-Conte, uh, 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 even a Wester, if you were in need of someone. You know, yeah. Obviously, you're not because you've got Brendan Rodgers and obviously well, he's great. But you know what <laughs> I mean? He, 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 he's definitely that sort of profile. He's, he's got that reputation after the job he did. And, you know, he's a proper sort of modern coach. He's really sort of detail-oriented, which, again, when you compare it to the sort of things that we heard about Steve Bruce and the way like, moving training around to later in the day because he didn't want to turn up or whatever it was. And, you know, just all this sort of stuff. Like, I think it's going to be really good for the players. And then hopefully... I think it's going to be a shock to the system for the players because I don't think they're going to have time off. And they're going to be on that training bit. Yeah, but... Which I is think, what they need to do. But, but it's going to be a shock. I think the thing is, though... I think they'll kind of want to be on there. Yeah, no, I'm not saying they're not. I'm not yeah. saying they're not. I'm, I'm just saying yeah. it's still going to be a bit of a shock. And I, I, I'm sure at some point, Eddie Howe's going to rub some of them up the wrong way. Just because that's how it's going to be, you know, when you get used to one thing and then all of a sudden someone's telling you you're maybe not as great as you thought you were. And John Joe Shelby might have to actually do some work. <laughs> no, Shelby's going to use, uh, what, what's the thing, the, the, you know, the, the Voldemort thing. What's the, the spell? Yeah, what's the thing that they're not allowed to do? The the, the one of the, the, three, cur- call, the, the three curses, the uh, unforgivable curses. I think. Yeah, it's got a name. I swear about the cadaver, the killing, the killing curse. Yeah, it's going to be cadaver. <laughs> Ready. <laughs> well, we certainly yeah. hope not. I was going to say something earlier, but I realised it was going to be a new end. I was going to start saying it. <laughs> you really want me to say it, Eddie? Yeah. He'll be waving his little wand. <laughs> See, look, child. It's not what I meant. <laughs> I don't know the size of John Joe Shelby's wand. It could be a large wand. I doubt it. I don't really want to go I'm into that. I'm still talking about a wand, not what you're thinking. <laughs> well, we'll see uh, John Joe Shelby and his wand against uh, Brentford really, next time. Really? Is he big <laughs> uh, As I say, we'll preview that next week, listeners, and we'll cover any other news. Well, that's going to be big news if, if it's, you know, what you're thinking. That will be a red card. I guess we'll find out. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> In the meantime, listeners, this has been Magpies and Restricted, and I've been your host, Chris Simpson. Thanks again, Carl. No problem. And thank you, listeners. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts.